1: Mom- moments of staring at each other. I thought we were going to say hi at the same time. I know, but I didn't know when you were going to start. Ready? Same
0: here. Hi. hi. Oh. How, How are, we- are you? <laughs> what the f- What fuck? the f- Welcome to My Favorite Murder. <laughs> it's a show where we talk at the same time. 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 <laughs> That's George Hardstark. That's Karen Kilgariff. This is My Favorite Murder. hmm Welcome. So glad you could make it Thanks for coming Thanks for staying For at least 10 minutes We hope Uh, Give us 10 We're going to do this For 10 minutes Just a lot of back and forth Yep, yep uh, if you're into that, hang out. If no, uh, bye-bye. Yeah.
1: See you in 20, actually 20 minutes when we start the murders. See you in
0: 45 minutes when I begin to commit to the project that is my favorite murder. Yeah, we're being realistic now. Do you love your... Na- you got a manicure. Oh, I got a manicure today. I did need to look at my nails. I
1: know. Isn't it fun? You're, you're gazing lovingly at your nails. I've
0: never seen you do that before. Here's the thing. And I just talked about this, but to you, but... Having I so now I work on Guy Branham's t- mm-hmm. TV show mm-hmm. and on this TV show I get uh, for it's sometimes 8:30 in the morning Talk. I get uh, three grown women who stand around me doing my hair and makeup for hours <coughs> and it is so fun oh, I love it and like people just just teasing my hair for like 45 minutes straight the best <coughs> and shaping it so I have really good hair. Doing makeup, very lightly brushing my face for an hour. Amazing. I start to realize, like, on the first day, because this is a a very collapsed schedule, it's been hard. Mm -hmm. We've worked a lot. Mm -hmm. Which is why we're recording on a Sunday instead of a Tuesday. That's right. Because this next week is going to be the same and crazy. Um, But so... The first day we went to tape, I sat down at my, oh. so it's a, it's called Talk Show, the Game Show. Guy is hosting, Guy Branham, friend of the show, expert lawyer, Guy Branham. It's a talk show. Uh, he's the host and I'm a judge where people come out and they get, they do an interview with Guy and then I judge them <laughs> and tell them how they did. God, that sounds like a dream job. Just like super fun. Yeah. And you don't get judged. You just talk shit up. Hell no. Fuck, no. yeah. They can't say shit to me. Don't fucking talk to me. Um, but going through like basically the beauty, a glam squad every morning makes me realize how, like the first day after I left Diane, who's my makeup person handed me a mask and she goes, why you put this on tonight? Oh my mm-hmm. God. And it was basically like thing by thing where it's like, Oh yeah, that's right. Like yeah. I go home and then just go to sleep and don't They're wash like, my face. Can you make our lives a little easier? Can please? you not make this so that we have to put you together like a wax goddamn <laughs> dummy? Um, And so then, you know, like one day I realized I have to hold up signs. I need to paint my fingernails. Yeah.
1: No, dude, I get it when you're like, oh, this person, I have done the bare minimum of looking good.
0: Yes. And now, but then once I do it, it's like, oh, this is fun. Doesn't it feel nice to take care, to pamper yourself? It really does. So today, I really like it. So today I was like, I just did my nails last week really fast. I do that too. But so today I went and got a manicure. Oh, my God. In Silver Lake. And it was nice. And the lady rose. Was did it really awesomely? That's so sweet that you find out the names of your. She manicures. asked me my name, and then I asked her her name. I love it. It was fun. <laughs> when I went to leave, also, but my glam ended because it was the weekend, so I had no makeup on, and oh, fuck that looked a lot like a scumbag. You saw me that morning.
1: <laughs> went to you leave. Looked, I told you in the morning, you look beautiful.
0: <laughs> well, I can't have it. I don't think I said beautiful. I think I said you look so pretty. Right. I think beautiful is. Like and then kind I was like, get on. away from me yeah. in the valet area, yeah. <laughs> and ran away from you. <laughs> I um, was the, I was working valet then. <laughs> George had her little hat on and she brought my car around. I told her to get away from me. Went and got a manicure. As I was getting rung up, a girl who was getting her manicure looked up at me and goes, Karen? And I go, yeah. Because I was like, oh, does she work with me? Is it somebody that yeah. like I haven't talked to that much? Whatever. And then she goes, I love your podcast but she was like she was getting a manicure she so she was kind of weirdly stuck it wasn't like we could shake hands or say hi uh, or anything yeah. and I immediately got so self conscious that I had like these c- crazy nice nails and then other than that I really looked like I rolled out from under a bridge I was like oh thanks bye and just ran away <laughs> so quickly so I just wanted to say to that girl if you're listening which she might have quit at this point <laughs> because I was so not all that friendly to her hi hi. I'm sorry I didn't ask you what you Name was I'm sorry I didn't say I sorry I didn't have a moment with you I was kind of embarrassed um, yeah. I'm kind of embarrassed in general. <laughs> that's just like how are you feeling today? Kind of embarrassed. Kind of generally embarrassed. Yeah, but I'm working on it. Yeah, but so I feel hi like, to her.
1: But the thing is too that she knows so much about you at this point and like doesn't expect you to like she doesn't think you're gonna be Chrissy fucking Teigen. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah. Like we haven't
1: fucking positioned ourselves to be Chrissy fucking. I mean Chrissy Teigen seems like a chill chick, but like. I she For like. some reason,
0: I can't drop the Chrissy Teigen expectation. It's my problem. Oh, yeah. No
1: one... Uh, I kind of am like, oh, maybe I look like... I kind of get that because I'm like, I'm not wearing makeup anymore. And then I'll see myself sometimes and be like, oh, my God, I look like I'm on my way to rehab. Yes. And like, do people... Like, my neighborhood <laughs> fucking cafe, are they like, is she okay? Yes. And I have like some acne scars right now. So, it looks a little like I've been picking at my face. You know? Like... Yes. I like, want to be... Presentable, presentable. You want to be presentable. If if my mom saw me, who's a fucking really into
0: images, everything, she'd be like, she'd be worried about me. My mom. I have a tape in in my head of my mom who used to always, if you would like walk through the kitchen, it would just be like after school one day or like casual time. My mom would be the one that go, oh, God, put some lipstick on. You look like a corpse. That was like her great quote. So I have that kind of thing where I'm like, really? In the house you need me to wear lipstick, lady? It's so, moms,
1: the minute she sees me, she tells me how something I I am doing that she likes it better when I do the other way around. (laughs) Like, if I have short hair, oh, I like your hair longer. Mm -hmm. Not like, you look cute. It's like. Oh, I like your hair shorter. Like, it's just like, here's what you've done that doesn't please me. Yes. And and I'm like, fuck you. You voted for Trump. What do you, you? Here's what you fucking, mom. That's right. You don't get to tell me nothing anymore. No, 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 no. Moms, moms and dads. Do we have corners? Oh. I have a couple corners. Can I tell you something Yes, never please do. talked yes. Vince and I have this, I'm going to share a real intimate, not intimate, but an inside joke that my husband and I have that we're the only people who know what this <laughs> is. And we kind of love it and share it together. And I'm going to just sell a few people right do now. It. And every time we say any kind of corner thing, I think of this. And Vince, so whenever the word corner comes up, Vince and I say to each other, corner, corner, corner and the reason is because we would go to this like late night diner in Los Feliz called House of Pies that's like the fucking best like old school diner and there was this chick who was uh, a waitress there who was like like late night waitress you could tell she was on like Adderall and fucking like buzzing on coffee and shit yes. she was really cool but she was like clearly buzzing and every time she'd have hot plates on her you know when you're a waitress and you have to say behind you behind mm-hmm. you when you're like behind someone with plates so they don't walk into you she would come around the corner with these hot plates and go corner 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 <laughs> corner, corner, corner 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 so you'd be like eating your chicken pot pie or whatever and you just keep hearing corner 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 and I would just fucking crack up so whenever we hear someone say corner and this is like three years ago and we're still like corner, corner, corner. Yeah. Now I just told everyone. So let's do corner corner corner
0: is it corner 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 time It is. well we were at that live show we got to meet some people afterwards and there were two different girls who took the time to tell us that we this podcast meant a lot to them because they were going through a really hard time Mm -hmm. and that they were like one the one girl said it. I'm sorry I don't remember your name the way you phrased it was you were these great voices in my head when I only had bad voices in my head and it was so touching to me but it also was the same exact thing that a different girl said and i was like i said to her just so you know that's just what someone else said Shut up! i don't remember this yeah that's it. the first girl said and i was like someone else just said that oh my God. and then she was like oh, where i was like i wanted to go like go over there and oh, talk to her but that's yeah. weird but Please, no yeah it was just very a it was very touching that we could help somebody that would be in that position, but B, if you are in that position and you have those feelings, get help, figure out a way to find a therapist, go online, look it up. It's Mm -hmm. there's, you know, like it's good to get help for yourself and it's good to solve those problems. They're solvable problems. We've both been there.
1: And it's good to have friends too. And I have to say the Facebook group is they, those people are. Everyone's becoming friends, and everyone will talk to you, and everyone will help you with something. And it's it's like a really good resource for people who, who listen to this because they need help. Yeah, I think. I mean, I, I completely also get help from a fucking professional, but it is a really cool. Like, I think a lot of people are making
0: friends off of it.
1: And yeah, I'm, I'm so it seems like it. That. Yeah,
0: and we relate because, and we talk about this all the time. Like, there are lots of podcasts I listen to that when I listen to them, it like it's my friends who have their own Mm -hmm. podcast or it's somebody else, you know, whatever that I love, but like I start listening to it and I feel better. I feel like I'm with people. I like, I feel like I'm hanging out. Like my loneliness goes away. My anxiety goes away. And so we get it. Like I'm not laughing at you. I'm laughing at this um, meme. I saw
1: that says on the top, um, what, I, what I'm like when I listen to podcasts. And it's this, yep. did you see this? It's this billboard of these three cute girls like eating ice cream. And then there's this dude sitting next to the billboard like laughing along with them and yep. eating a bowl of ice cream. Yep. And it's like, me too. Me, it's like how you listen to podcasts, which I fucking, I'm the same way. Completely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It gets you through. Totally. It's nice. So I think we have to, um,
1: we have a couple live shows coming up that aren't sold out. So we have to shout them out to people to. To get the tickets, right? Hold on, Stephen, can you wait on this? Okay, so here's some new information on our live shows. So on February 3rd, that's a Friday, these uh, tickets will go on sale. So, okay, we're doing an extra Portland show because you guys, they got sold out so quickly and people got pissed off. So Sunday, the 26th (laughs) of March at Revolution Hall, um, there's going to be an added show so if so that is going to be on sale on on the what did i say tomorrow on the third of february that's a friday i think that should be tomorrow so that's portland no that's next friday What's today? Okay. Isn't it? Yes. Tomorrow is today the 20... Wait, today's 27th. So yes, we... today's 20... Today's the 29th. Yes. So this coming Friday. So yeah, when this episode drops, it'll be the day after. Thank you, Stephen. So it's tomorrow. Yes. Okay. Um, and then Boston is adding a late show on... Uh, at the Wilbur on March third, it's the same show, same day as the regular show, but we're having a later night show, and as well. Um, and then Milwaukee is moving to a larger venue, so it was at the Paps, which we sold out, I guess. So it's now moving to the Riverside, but all the all the tickets that you bought from the Paps will be, you will get the same or better seats. Yeah, at the new place. But there's going to be more tickets on sale. Right, that will be on February third at noon, noon local time. So that's, that was corner. That was a show, live show corner corner
0: corner. Now we have Laura Kilgarriff corner. Uh, that's that's sister 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 corner so my sister goes on the Facebook page and tells me stories that she loves and she has great taste so this one (laughs) is especially awesome and it's uh, Kristen uh, Michelle McClure's story that she posted on the Facebook page (laughs) and it's fucking crazy so she says her boyfriend was sick so she drove up to McAllister's in Addison Texas to pick up some food and iced tea for dinner Mm. and the parking lot was pretty dark and the only people there that late were the staff and one woman who left shortly after she got there um and when she got her order she walked outside to see the woman from before smoking a cigarette and suddenly she comes over to me i switched it now it's first person suddenly she comes over to me and says hi oh my god it's so good to see you how have you been and i'm sure i looked very confused as i responded i'm sorry i think you have me confused um With someone else, I don't think I know you. And her voice got quiet, and she said, pretend like you do. There's a man hiding behind your car. (gasps) Fucking chills, you guys. I'm a very observant and spatially aware person, but I never would have known he was there if it wasn't for this amazing lady. So I let her walk me to my car, and as I do, she explains that she saw him lurking as she was leaving and got a bad feeling, so she decided to wait for me. What an angel baby. That is so incredibly nice, and we really need to be doing that for each other. So, yes. Sure enough, we get to my car and a man in a hoodie stands up from behind my passenger rear side and nonchalantly walks into the dumpster alley. <clears throat> dumpster alleys where fucking lurkers lurk. Uh, <laughs> uh, so as we're saying goodbye, she smiled and said, Stay sexy. Dude, Don't get murdered. What the fuck are the chances? A, mur- a fellow murderino probably saved me from being robbed assaulted kidnapped murdered God knows what and I'm so thankful for her I didn't catch her name but if you're listening or, but if you're reading this thank you let's listen to F- MFM drink wine and catch and watch murder documentaries sometime so then there's an update from um, Chaney Coles with this girl holy shit it's Chaney Coles Kristen Michelle McClure and Emily Burke and Chaney Coles is saying so so a lot of you probably saw Kristen's post yesterday about how a fellow murderino saved her when a hooded man was hiding behind her car at McAllister's. If you didn't scroll down, it's a crazy story. I live in Dallas, so I commented that I wanted to be her friend, since we're practically neighbors. A few chats... Uh, via messenger and Facebook friendship later, she and I, and my murderino best friend, Emily met for drinks last night and discussed all kinds of murders. Aww. The tables around us thought we were weird, but we had a great time. This podcast and this group makes me so happy. Murderinos met for drinks last night. Oh, there's an overlap. Sorry. Um, murderinos unite is the Yay. last line that's so sweet. when my sister sent me that i started crying and i was like that's the cool that idea right there yeah. of somebody noticing something that might be bad and taking the time to look out for another person and the idea that the reason they might do that mm-hmm. is because they were emboldened by the shit that you and i say stop on this-
1: it my therapist is trying to make me cry more and i'm going to try to do it because i really want to but i there's something inside of me that won't let me do it but stop it yes keep going i'm so proud of us <laughs> i left therapy the other day and just texted you i'm really proud of us
0: <laughs> you did that's, that's right okay what are, i'm proud of us too I'm, i want to cry and we well, just don't do s- it now okay. you do it i mean jesus christ then you're like sitting there like i've got to cry on this podcast i already did it today so that's i got it out of the way you did it at lunch it's just a cool thing it's like you know, it, it's beautiful. It's, that's it's the point. so wonderful, and that's like, the I'm point. just
1: proud of. I'm proud of us. Good job, everybody. Good job, you guys. We fucking did it. We're it's staying very sexy. Cool.
0: We're not getting murdered. We're making friends, extending yourself to people who might be in a in a bad place. That's kind of yeah. like that's the that's what we're looking for these days. Yeah, and
1: we're fucking like we're putting those fucking dumpster alley lurkers in their place.
0: Of like, no, you can't fucking you can't do this, dude. No. Or, you know, maybe that guy was peeing. Either way, that girl got in her car and got home safe in the end. Peers can attack people, too.
1: You know, maybe he was doing both. Maybe he had a pee and...
0: It could have been a pee attack. A pee attack. Ooh. Georgia, have you ever been blown away by the most simple dish at a restaurant? Like, perfectly scrambled eggs? Oh, my God. Yes, Karen. And then all I want to do is
1: make that dish at home and eat it every day.
0: Well, you probably could, as long as you have the chef's secret ingredient Murder. And here's the important note, that promo code is all lowercase.
1: So go to shopify.com slash murder and take your retail business to the next level.
0: That's shopify.com slash murder. Again, don't forget, the code is all lowercase. Goodbye. <laughs> anyway.
1: uh, this has been my favorite
0: murder. Goodbye. That was, that was gorgeous. Um, oh, my what? phone just told me Robert Durst hearings are, uh, is it Tomorrow. It's, it's, oh, the Feb, February 15th. Sorry. It came up as an alert just now. That's really weird.
1: Yeah. Random. Um, real quick, merch corner, corner, corner. Uh, My favorite com, And we have new hats. We have hats now. Ha- oh, yeah. Caps and beanies. And I guess people like hats. I, I like never post anything that I wouldn't wear. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, you like a hat? Baseball hats. They're like ski hats or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're actually really cool. Yeah, they say Murderino on them and stuff. All right. Good job. Hey, should we talk about what How many minutes was that? We told people ten minutes. Twenty-two. What the fuck? Hey, Surrey, how many minutes? To, oh my God, Surrey just started talking to me without me pressing anything. You think my place is my new place is haunted? Yes, me too. I think you're first this week. Okay, so let let's start. What was that show called that you recently told me? The New Detectives.
0: I'm not telling you any more shows, because <laughs> I keep getting Jesus wrong. Christ. Okay, so no, uh, because you're like I fucking hate that show. No, I,
1: I know I, <clears throat> I do that about a lot of things. All right, so this is a story from that show, but it's what? no, <laughs> what? Oh, you watched it and got the story from it? I had a story and then realized when looking it up that they had covered the story on that show. Got it. New, not new detectives. Real detectives. Real detectives. Um, and so there's, there was so much more to the story. So I was like, okay, I'm still going to do this, but I'm going to give a shout out to the show Karen likes at the same time. So I'm not being negative. All
0: right.
1: <laughs> okay. I'm not fucking being negative. All right. So in Worcester, Massachusetts in 1964, a kid named Nathaniel Barr Jonah is seven years old. He tells a five-year-old neighbor that he had just gotten a Ouija board and she follows him into his basement to play with it. He attempts to strangle the five-year-old girl. The seven-year-old attempts to strangle the five-year-old girl. (laughs) She screams. His own mother comes down and rescues her. So, like, his mom knows something's up already. You know what I mean? So this fucking seven-year-old cut to six years later in 1970. He's 13 years old. He lures another neighbor, a six-year-old boy, to a nearby hill saying that he wants to go sledding with him. And, of course, he didn't go sledding. He ends up sexually assaulting the kid. And then, In March 1975, 17-year-old Nathaniel Barjona, he's doing the fucking classic impersonation of an officer, a police officer, abducts an eight-year-old kid named Richard O'Connor who's on his way to school, sexually assaults, and strangles him. Um, A neighbor saw this happening and notifies the police. They find a car matching the description in a parking lot. They get him out of the car, and the kid is found in the car near death, but alive. So, uh, Nathaniel is arrested, charged, and convicted, but he receives, you ready for this? A year of probation for this crime. Uh, I, how? Yeah, because it's 1970.
0: But... Okay Probation Like he's not dead I mean he must have had Some insane lawyer Or some kind of Yeah that's crazy No
1: I think that happened All the Well it gets worse Okay It always gets worse So a few days before he graduates from high school, uh, he's again impersonating a police officer, and he abducts a nine-year-old girl who he assaults savagely in his car and then later throws her from the car onto a sidewalk. She's still alive. And a witness gets his license plate, which leads to his arrest. And this assault never gets back to his probation officer, and so he's released from parole from the earlier um, assault in 1976. Uh, And so... When his probationary period is over, he receives a letter thanking him for his cooperation. So he never gets no. Sorry, what? His parole ends in seventy six. They catch him, and I I don't know if he ever got charged with anything after they found the kid after he threw her out of her car. But but the parole officer never finds or probation officer never finds out about it, so nothing is added to his sentence. What the fuck? So in September 1977... He's claiming to be an undercover FBI agent and he convinces two boys to get into his car. He goes to a secluded area with them and he handcuffs them and assaults them. And he thought he had killed one of the boys so he took the other one still alive in his trunk and drove off. But the kid he thought was dead was not dead. He regains consciousness and fucking finds help. And the boy who was kidnapped is found still alive in Nathaniel's trunk. So he's caught convicted of attempted murder and gets the maximum sentence of 18 to 20 years in prison. So fucking finally he's being incarcerated. So while he's incarcerated, he tells uh, a psychologist there about his fantasies of murder, dissection, and cannibalism. It's a psychiatrist. And she, that psychiatrist decides to commit him to the Bridgewater State Hospital for the sexual predators, which I think means that you don't have a release date. I think they can keep you indefinitely. I could be wrong. Guy Brennan, please let me know. (laughs) So he stays in the hospital uh, from 79 to 91 uh, when there's a hearing before Superior Court Judge Walter E. Steele, who needs to be fucking named. Two psychiatrists say that uh, Nathaniel Barjona is a danger to society and he should not be let out. Two of them said he isn't. So we got two and two. The judge sides with the, I said, the judge sided with the stupid ones and said that he thought that Nathaniel Barjona would not commit the crime again and decided that he, the state had failed to prove he was dangerous. So this dude,
0: fucking superior court judge, Walter E. Steele, lets Barjona out. Does his family have money? He must have amazing lawyers. I don't think it was that difficult then though. You know what I mean? There's no Megan's
1: Law. There's none of this shit where like where they think predators and sexual abusers are even important enough to let their next-door neighbor who has children know that they're
0: there. Like it's not a priority. Yeah, but it's I mean, these are attacks. They're physical attacks. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to just be like he attacks a little girl, throws her out of a car and thanks for thanks for doing such a great job in your parole. Like that doesn't even track.
1: No, it doesn't. And it's the same when we're talking with Guy Brennan where it's like, well, his intent was to kill these people. Why isn't he kept in prison in the same amount of time that someone who had actually killed them are? And it's just
0: because he got lucky for, you know, he just kept getting lucky. But I mean, that's beyond lucky where he's not getting arrested for it. Yeah. Like he's not even. I think it's a fucked up justice system at
1: the time. I think that's all it is. Um, So he leaves the institution and he promises to not go back to uh, Massachusetts. That instead he'll go to Montana. Um, But Megan's law is still being debated. It's not. Uh, it's not en- enacted yet, which, you know, as everyone knows, Megan's law is that you if you're a sexual offender, you have to notify everyone in the community and they're allowed to know where you live and all this. Um, so, OK, so he has weekly garage sales selling Star Wars me- memorabilia and stuffed animals that attracts many local children. Mm. Um And. Let's see. Within a week, he commits another attack on a child. And then no one in Montana is uh, notified of his past crimes at all. So on February 6th, 1996, 10 year old Zachary Ramsey is on his way to school at about 730 a.m. He takes his usual school route through the alleyway. And remember those fucking shortcuts he used to take to school, like Mm -hmm. the shortcuts I used to take as a kid. The amount of places I could have been murdered in is just more than I couldn't have been murdered in. you know what I mean like fucking alleyways and and like back alleys and fucking uh what are those called like the river dry riverbeds and just these horrible places um and a family who lives in along the alleyway reports seeing him but also sees an off white four door car that nearly runs him over. Another witness who lived in the area sees him distressed with an obese adult male following him a few feet behind at about 7.45. Zach then disappears. Which is another thing of fucking, if you see something, fucking say something. If you see a little kid upset with an adult and something doesn't look right, you can be rude and be like, is everything okay here? You know what I mean? You're not going to get in trouble for it. Um... Let's see. Okay. So the police investigate uh, Zach Ramsey's uh, kidnapping. And it turns out that Nathaniel Barjona, who was a known sex offender in the area, although there were a lot of them, has access to his mom's off-white, four-door Toyota Corolla the day that Zach goes missing. And his mother was out of town for a funeral. And so he had the house to himself. Um, And he also didn't work that day. So he stays away from the police until 99 when he's arrested near an elementary school in Great Falls, Montana. He's dressed as a policeman. He's carrying a stun gun and pepper spray and is like fucking uh, targeting one of the kids there. And they search his apartment and they find a list of boys names, including previous victims that he had actually had. And the name Zachary Ramsey, the last word of which was died because he had done these crazy um Uh, Encryptions, And Mm -hmm. so when the FBI finally took apart everything, they found all of these names. There's dozens of newspaper clippings um, found in his apartment following the Zach Ramsey case. And a former roommate said that he found clothes in his apartment, which matched Zachary Ramsey's clothes that he was wearing the day he disappeared, and bloody gloves. So they also found encrypted menus referring to cannibalizing children. And there were actual... I don't want to. I don't know if you want to hear them, but like names of of meals that were like puns on children being the fucking on the menu. (coughs) It's pretty fuck. It's like it's almost. It's too like it
0: takes it too light i don't like it but it's gross because um, well, he thinks he's being like funny yeah, like it's, it, yeah it's, it's just like, a disgusting sense yeah,
1: of yeah it's not it's not amusing in any way it's fucked up and he, it's also said that he possibly um cut up and serves human meat of his victims to his neighbors at barbecues and cookouts and stews and hamburgers and there was one woman his neighbor who said this tastes really weird what is this and he said oh it's a deer i found and i cut it up myself and she remembers Ugh. it tasting
0: weird i mean can he would you have barbecues? fucking imagine no. the eating disorder you would have <laughs> if you were that neighbor can you imagine ever try- you'd be vegan for the rest of your oh life oh my
1: god that's uh. never eat meat again I know It's really horrible I know Um, Okay and they also find a list of 22 names Many of which were past victims Known victims but several have never been accounted for And they also dug up the yard and found 21 bone fragments of a yet to be identified boy Estimated between 8 and 13 And it's not Zach Ramsey's bones Okay, so in July 2000, he's charged with Zach Ramsey's murder and for kidnapping and sexually assaulting three other boys who lived above him in an apartment complex. Who he would babysit. Who was the mom would just leave him, leave the kids with him, even though she was like, "Yeah, one of them started acting real weird after I let him babysit." And it's like, I didn't you?" Yeah. Um. So, but the charges involving Zach Ramsey's murder are dropped because the. The, Zach's mom refused to believe that he was dead and so would testify that or Nathaniel Barjona never killed her son. She was going to testify to that. Um, but he's sentenced for the other charges to 130 years in prison. It's for sexually assaulting one kid and torturing another. And on April 13, 2008, Nathaniel Barjona is found dead in his prison cell. It's, his death is either a heart attack or a brain clot. I can't really... A lot of different... You know, articles. And then eventually a judge declares Zach Ramsey legally dead in 2011, despite his mom still objecting to that. How fucked up is that? It's
0: super fucked up.
1: It's like one of those murder. It's like one of those articles that's like 10 serial killers you've never fucking or 10 monsters you've never heard of. And like, why are you know, why are these other people heard of? And he's not. He's just as huge of a fucking monster.
0: Well, that's the real detectives that I saw. Yeah. That was the first one I saw with the detective who's like crying. It was crazy. And he chased that guy forever. And he literally chased he he tracked him down and and by the time somebody said oh well that like he kept hearing oh they went on the shortcut so he walked the shortcut himself finally mm-hmm. like it was like beat cops were telling him the information so he finally himself walked the shortcut yeah. and when he came up the alley Bar Jonas was standing at the top of the alley dressed like a security guard across the street from the grammar school yeah. and the, the guy in the show is like, you know, like, and that's when I knew I had my guy Mm -hmm. and, and the most horrible part, like I looked into that too, of like, Oh, would this be a good one to do? They're, the details are so fucking yeah. disturbing There's they're a lot really that I left out. dark yeah. it's awful Yeah, it's just like yeah it's that kind of thing where it's like oh that's interesting I feel like maybe that's a reason why it's it, he's one that you don't hear that much about it's because it's like insanely disgusting and awful and he did it to a bunch of kids Well, what's so surprising to
1: me about this story and one of the reasons I think it's important to talk about is because Zach Ramsey was taking these shortcuts in 1996 like it wasn't the 80s or even the early Nineties, which is when I was doing those things, it's, it seems like more recent, and I feel like he was alone early in the morning. And I know it seems like a well-traveled place, and everyone's going to school, but you can't, you can't do those things. And, I don't think anyone does anymore, and especially because people saw that happening and were like, "This is weird," and like went on with their day, right. It's just so troubling. And well,
0: and also that guy dressed, he did, I mean, he was like a real, he knew what he was doing, yeah. like dressing like a security guard, that thing that people fall for all the time yeah. where it's like, Oh, it's a cop. It's a like security guard. Yeah. It's, the person standing outside the school that's dressed like an official yeah. must be a good person. Yeah. And to see like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's crazy. And also that he, um, did it. I mean, the idea that, like, his first thing was when he was seven years old.
1: I couldn't find any information about his childhood and how, you know, it could have not been fucked up at all. He could just be fucking crazy. But there had to be something going on that he would try to strangle a five-year-old when he was seven. Yeah. Makes you think
0: of Mary Bell. Yeah, totally. Just an outright evil kid. But also what's happening? I mean, Mary Bell was a total victim as a very young child. And that affects... You
1: And I wonder what could have happened. Like,
0: his mom found him strangling a little
1: girl. You know, what could have been done to help him at that age?
0: Yeah. And clearly nothing was. Yeah. Yeah. Clearly. So intense. Yeah. But also the the really creepy thing is like Seven. It's like the movie Seven where he had all these notebooks. Mm -hmm. Just tons and tons and tons of notebooks that they recovered. Yeah. That was... He obsessively wrote about... I mean, he was... Yeah, he was insanely crazy. It's like he he knew that if he did get caught, he wanted there to be as much information as possible. So he'd be talked about. Yeah. And then I did it. And if you watched that episode of Real Detectives, the real detective that, that solved that case who talks about it like at one point is crying on camera like he is so clearly it's it's one of those things where yeah. that's the case of a lifetime yeah. and the horror so horrible yeah yep horrifying yeah
1: Why do I always remember lyrics to songs, Karen, that I
0: haven't heard for years, but I always forget my email passwords. I know, right? It's like our brains only want us to retain useless information, but with 1Password,
1: that problem's solved. 1Password is an award-winning password manager that's trusted by families and
0: large-scale companies alike. If you're tired of being the person that everyone texts for a streaming login, hand that honor to 1Password. They let you share logins with people and with
1: groups. With 1Password, you can securely switch between any device type or operating system. That means if you're a family or business that uses both Mac and PC, you won't have trouble sharing
0: your private data. Don't let the name fool you. 1Password does more than just store passwords. It can autofill usernames, payment details, and personal information. And they notify you about potential data breaches. For business operations, 1Password has a dedicated support team that will integrate its security tools into your existing workflow. 1Password saves everyone time. And we all know that time saved equals money saved saved your accounting department will thank you
1: don't just listen to us one password was named wirecutter's best password manager and companies like salesforce and ibm trust one password to secure their most sensitive information so you can too right now our listeners get a free two-week trial at onepassword.com mfm that's two free weeks at one as in the number one password.com mfm
0: onepassword.com mfm mfm you want to go Woo, you mean leave right now? <clears throat> um mine is very well known this week. Uh <laughs> It's Rodney Alcala, the dating game killer. Um, this one crate. I've seen, like I've seen the forensic files of this guy. I have seen like a 2020, like almost everything on Discovery ID. Mm-hmm. There's been every version of one of those shows. They, they have featured this guy. Because it's the dating game thing is such a fucking that that's what did it for his fame. Yeah, it's so insane. But there was one of those shows that kind of reverse engineered it where they followed the victim. Mm. Um, and now I don't remember the show, I don't remember which victim it is because he has so very many, but it's that thing where basically this girl goes missing and her family's trying to find her, her family's trying to find her, and then uh, eventually this cache of photographs, because Rodney Alcala is this photographer, mm-hmm. and when he's finally arrested and they start going through yeah. thousands and thousands of photographs, they find a picture of her, <gasps> and they finally realize I think it was the hiker, she She was a hiker and she was like a real outdoors woman. And then they find a picture among all these really disturbing pictures. And they can't identify all, like, there's so many of those photos. are like, Tons do you of know like, who this is? Or are yes. they missing? or what Cold the f- cases. They say they're still online. Um, okay, so here's the, here's okay. the basic story. Uh, and we'll start it here. In 1978, on the popular TV show, The Dating Game, host Jim Lang introduced Rodney Alcala as bachelor number one, is a, a successful photographer who got his start when his father found him in the dark room at age 13, fully developed. Wait, a lot of, what? Well, that's the show. Have you ever seen yeah, that show? Yeah, but what a... So it's like sexual innuendo, which... When you're not a, so your dad uh, molested you in the fucking dark room. No, I'm not. No, I so. um, but basically, the, it's basically like the fun sexual innuendo when you're not a serial rapist and killer yeah. is fun, but <laughs> right. um, when you are, is right. so horrifying. Uh, and the rest of that is between takes. You might find him skydiving or motorcycling mm-hmm. um, or murdering. Wait. Actor Jed Mills, who was Bachelor number two on the show and competed against Alcala, um, described him as a very. Strange strange guy with very bizarre opinions and the funny thing is the bachelorette cheryl bradshaw chose Alcala he won the dating game but when she met him she refused to go out with him because she found him so creepy oh my god I want to talk to her uh she was right to find him creepy because he had already raped an eight-year-old girl and murdered four women Whoa. when he was on that show four
1: women already
0: four women and then he's like I'm gonna go on tv um what a and cocky so he him. was basically mid- killing spree that had started uh they believe in well he raped the eight-year-old girl in 1968 um and then the killing began soon after and he's in the middle of all that goes on a game show um so yeah he's completely out of his goddamn mind and kind of like uh, luke luke magnati like it's that thing of like i want to be famous i want everyone to see yeah, me and like you can't catch me yeah I'm, smart. I'm smarter than everybody. He did have 160 IQ, so he Jesus. kind of was smarter than everybody, yeah, in a way. Fair enough. Um, so he committed his first known crime in 1968. A motorist in Los Angeles called the police after watching him lure an eight-year-old girl named Tally Shapiro into his Hollywood apartment. The girl was found alive, raped, and beaten with a steel bar, mm. but Alcala had already fled. Um, so to evade the uh, resulting arrest warrant, he left the state and he enrolled in NYU Film School under the name John Berger, where he studied under Roman Polanski. Oh, that's convenient. Oh. Um, then he obtained in 1971. He got a counseling job uh, at a New Hampshire arts camp for children <sighs> um, using a different alias, John Berger. Um, But in June of 1971, Cornelia Crilly, a 23-year-old trans um, TWA flight attendant, was found raped and strangled in her Manhattan apartment. Mm. That, Cornelia's um, murder would remain unsolved for 40 years. Holy shit. So she was one of the ones that, when they found the pictures, they started putting it up all together. They're like, this person was missing, or murdered, we don't know. Oh my god. So, um so now alcala's on the uh in 1971 he goes on the 10 most wanted fugitives list um, and a few months later two children who are at this arts camp that he got the job mm-hmm. at they notice his photo <gasps> on an fbi poster at the post office and they finger him Fuck yeah they do some kids so he's extradited to california um but by then that eight-year-old girl that he had attacked her, her parents had relocated the entire family to Mexico and they weren't coming back. Yeah. Um so they were una- unable to convict him Ugh. oh uh, no. of rape and attempted murder, so the prosecutors were forced to permit him to plead um to a lesser charge uh of assault. So he's paroled after 34 months Ugh. and um assault. Yeah. Uh he Basically, it's the same thing. If he demonstrated evidence of rehabilitation, he got out early. Um, Be nice for 34 months, and you can get out whenever the fuck you want. Right. So two months after his release, he's rearrested after assaulting a 13-year-old girl um, who he had offered a ride to school, Mm -hmm. and she thought she was just getting a ride to school. And again, he's paroled after serving two years of an indeterminate sentence. Um, So after that release from prison... um, a LA parole officer takes the unusual step of permitting this repeat offender and known flight risk to travel to New York City. Now, (laughs) irritating, but... If he has 160 IQ, and he's this level psychopath, he's probably incredibly charming and incredibly manipulative. Totally. Yeah, totally. So he's he's you know, he, I mean, it just sucks. He makes it work. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Well, a lot of people just aren't aren't capable of handling this level. Yeah. this is like a super villain. Yeah, he's
1: it's savvy as fuck, and even a person who's of normal intelligence don't understand the like. The
0: nuances of manipulation, probably. Right. Have you seen the show Good Behavior with the girl who's the who's um, Mary from Downton Abbey? No. It's really good. Is it? I love when we do. Uh TV show recommendations it's well and also so sh- in it she's like a con woman mm-hmm. and she does these things like she started off being a con woman because she was addicted to drugs but now she's doing it just to get money and like you, you watch it it's really good okay. but she does these things and it's you see how easy it would be to fall for it because like she'll go in and she'll she has a really nice outfit on and she looks like she has a lot of money and she's like a high-end resort mm-hmm. and then she's like shopping for jewelry so she'll be like oh can I see that there my husband wants it. Mm-hmm. my husband said I could get one thing and so mm-hmm. I'm going to pick it. And so th- while the guy, she's shopping and chatting and mm-hmm. giggling and they're drinking champagne. And then she's making the guy go get her things mm-hmm. away from the counter. And while he's gone, she's just loading her purse <gasps> with the jewelry she's trying on. But she's doing these switch arounds, So she's like never, you know what I mean? It's yeah. all very believable. And then she walks out. He's not going to know anything no. is gone until way later. And it's, that's what it makes me think of. Did it's you like, see the movie? Paper Moon. It's one of my favorite movies in the world. With the um, the uh,
1: O'Neill family, Tatum O'Neill mm-hmm. and Ryan O'Neill, and they do that, and it's they're they're grifters, and it's just one of my absolute favorite movies and you would never fucking know what they're right.
0: doing it's so good well that's because you have to be good to get away with it yeah and that's how you're good and casual you have to be casual about it and you have to be like friendly and kind of yeah. charming and alluring so people are like oh, no it would never be her the pretty yeah they're probably good looking like i get nervous that
1: people think i'm shoplifting even when i have no intention and i'm never going to shoplift it's yeah. like i'm still <laughs> like i'm not shoplifting. So I so you have to be
0: pretty fucking you have to be like Chill, steely, yeah. steely, but also like super charming. Yeah. So clearly that's this guy. Yeah. So he convinces his parole officer to let him go to New York And while he's there, a week after he gets to Manhattan, he kills Ellen Jane Hover, who is 23, and the daughter of the owner of Cero's, which is a Hollywood nightclub. Um, She was the goddaughter of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr. She was like an heiress. She had a lot of money. And her remains were found buried on the grounds of the the Rockefeller um, estate in Westchester County. How did he even get in there? Well, I... I have just, no yeah, idea whatever. He probably went to like a club And yeah. she was there And he's You see pictures of him He's super creepy now Yeah Because like you see Pictures of him in jail And he has like really long Like salt and pepper Creepy curly like hair ramen Dry ramen yes. hair Yes <laughs> But I, you know back then It was like the late 70s yeah. And it was that kind of Looking for Mr. Goodbar yeah. Era of like pickup clubs And everyone was like Post-hippie Yeah You know Feeling it Yeah and Era, I don't know, um, but he also did the thing where he was a photographer. Right, he was playing like the artist side. Um, for a little while, he worked at the LA Times as a typesetter, and um, he was at one point interviewed. Um, by the members of the uh, hillside strangler task force mm. as part of their investigation when they were interviewing known sex offenders oh my god. um he was ruled out as the hillside strangler but he got arrested and served a brief sentence for marijuana possession Aye. um so they got him for that thank god um but he also during this time he convinced a bunch of young men and women that he was a professional fashion photographer and photographed them for his portfolio. Um. Um, And he showed that portfolio to his uh, co-workers at the LA Times and there were people who are quoted as saying they sh- I thought it was weird but I didn't you know I didn't know because he said he was like a fashion photographer yeah. and so I just remember there was a bunch of naked girls oh my god and he would show it to people no. like this is my this That's is my so portfolio creepy it's so fucking creepy so he's, he's totally flaunting it um, and of course everyone's just like oh I guess that's high fashion photography um so in 1979 he knocks um he knocks unconscious and rapes 15 year old Monique Hoyt as she's posing um for him for one of those uh shoots um and Uh, then he goes on the dating game, which was in also in, I believe, 1979, around that same time. And they think that because, or he was on the dating game in 1978. So they think because of that, um, rejection of the girl on, on the, uh, dating game being like, there's no fucking way I'm going out with that guy. Um because right after that a 12 year old girl from huntington beach named robin samso disappeared on her way between the beach and ballet class it was uh, it was june 20th 1979 when this happened um 12 days later her deep composing body was found in the los angeles foothills um i know i did (laughs) i
1: did something like that a guy saying i'm a photographer when I was like 17. No, like 18. Wait, and you did what? I went and took photos with him in the fucking Santa Monica Mountains. Holy shit. There, I've never told anyone this. There's n- This guy should have killed me. But he just took pictures of you and drove you home? Yeah, he was a regular at this restaurant I was working at and was like... He came in all the time. He's like, I'm a photographer. I'd love to take photos of you. And I'm like, okay. And we went up to Santa Monica Hills and that was when I was like, oh shit, I'm alone with this guy in the fucking forest in the fucking hills overlooking the ocean and like there was he was so nice at the restaurant and the minute his eye went to the camera lens he looked fucking evil I remember thinking you need to fucking this is not okay and so I kept asking about his mom Mm-hmm. And he kept telling about his mother, and it was almost like I was—I kind of knew something was not right, and I needed to talk to him a lot. And and then we just went home. But my my heart was racing the whole time. Jesus, I, and Christ. I don't know what happened to him. And I kind of just—I think I quit soon after that. It was just—I should have been dead. That's insane. I know, and I'm so embarrassed of that that I don't fucking tell people that, but it reminds me so much of the story. Right.
0: Well, also, because there's there's another guy um, that's on, like, I've seen, like, three different, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, ID discovery things about the guy that he would approach women in malls and say that he was a photographer, that he was a casting director. Right. Um, He wanted to take their picture because he was casting for the latest, was it Batman? I don't know. Or some, like, the latest big movie and they would go meet him and then they would disappear and they were meeting him at houses that were for sale. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, so he was going in and basically meeting them in empty like, um, houses that he knew that the real estate agent like was yeah, showing, he right. would go have it shown to him, have them meet Jesus. them there, and then attack them there. And he had killed a couple girls, and then one girl got away, and that's how he got caught. So it's, it's this
1: exact same it's thing. So cra- And I mean, I I I, was, I, was, I don't want to say it because I feel so stupid, but I was like 18, and like I was new to LA, and I was so flattered that someone wanted to take my photo, yep. and it was the 90s, and I didn't understand, and I thought I knew this person. I, he was so nice all the time, and of course. so when I say fuck politeness, it's because I've done shit that have probably been really like unsafe and it's just I want to cry thinking about it I feel so fucking stupid for having done that
0: yeah but that's the whole manipulation yeah. is that they're playing on like we're then we're supposed to be embarrassed that we had you know the pride. Oh, who are we to think mm-hmm. that we have our picture taken yeah. when actually that's that's the play. That's yeah. the whole thing. Is how they get you. Is like, of course you're flattered, and then you have a little ego stroke, and then oh my god, maybe I am a model, and it's all those things mm-hmm. that then it's the shame of that that's supposed to like keep you quiet. Yeah, and fuck that shit. It's like it's that's what they're doing. Shame. That's what they're yeah. doing to you. Yeah. Any human being that gets that kind of special attention is going to go, Oh my god, yeah, I want that special attention. That's yeah. what we all want. Yeah. That's everybody wants to be told that they're pretty and want, you know, have their picture taken and that's yeah. it's the easiest way to manipulate people. Yeah.
1: And I just remember the moment it took a turn and I got scared and realized something was not right.
0: Thank fucking god nothing happened. Yeah. Um okay, sorry, go on um anyway so robin samso's friends uh told the police that a stranger had approached them at the beach asking to take their pictures and um they circulate a sketch of the photographer Alcala's parole officer recognizes him in this sketch oh my God. and um then they search his house in Monterey Park and they find a rental receipt for a storage locker in Seattle so then they go mm. into that storage locker and they find a pair of Robin Samso's earrings mm. so he's basically killing people taking the um why don't I ever remember the word for trophy? it trophy? yeah the trophy but then he's keeping it like in a different state oh okay um so he's arrested in nineteen seventy nine, held without bail. He's tried, convicted, and sentenced to death for Robin Samso's murder. But the verdict is overturned no. because jurors had been improperly informed of his prior sex crimes. No. Um so then in nineteen eighty six, seven years later, they retry him for the same it's the identical trial mm-hmm. um except for Omission of the prior record, and he's convicted again and sentenced to death again. Yay. And the Ninth Cir- Circuit Court of Appeals panel nullifies the second conviction. Why? Um, In part because a witness was not allowed, who was not allowed, no, sorry, a witness was not allowed to support Alcala's contention that the park ranger who found Samso's body had been, quote, hypnotized by police investigators. So there was somebody that wanted to, Alcala said, "Um, this park ranger was hypnotized by the police, that's why he's saying this happened. He had a friend who was going to back him up, and they were like, no, your friend doesn't get to say that. And then they find, once they find that out, they're like, the whole thing has to go. Oh, my God. So they keep getting it, uh, like, on these weird um, little details. Mm -hmm. All right. And this goes, I mean... He's in prison the whole time, though, right? He is... Yeah, he's held without bail. I'm not sure Uh, if you ask me details about this. I'm not (laughs) going to be able to tell you. I threw this together so quickly, but this is the kind of thing you can look up his name Mm -hmm. and watch 1,000 shows about him. Yeah, because he's he basically they say he's like because of these pictures and the cold cases that they believe are associated with these pictures he's only he only goes to jail for um m- for murders but they think he he's responsible for over a hundred holy sh- they just can't prove it over a hundred over a hundred Worse he's he's one of the worst serial killers ever oh my God. and he's still alive yeah and in jail <gasps> um doesn't he keep um
1: appealing I keep seeing him in. I keep seeing him getting older and older in like f- yes. news photos. Okay, With that
0: crazy hair. Yeah. Um, well, he does. He has all these, and and it's crazy because he's again one of those geniuses that's mm-hmm. like at one point he represents himself yeah. and uh, and then cross examines himself and and is talking in a deep voice Jesus. as one person and then his own voice and the other like it's that kind of total insanity. Mm-hmm. Um, thing that you, you know, it's what, that's Ted Bundy. He represented himself. They all kind of think like it's, they just think you're invincible and that they're the smartest people in the world. Um, but essentially in 2003, Orange County investigators, um, they learned alcohol is DNA um, had matched semen left at the rape murder scenes of two women in Los Angeles. And that's when they start linking cold case DNA to this guy. And it led to his indictment for the murders of four additional women. Jill Barcombe, who was 18, a New York runaway who was found rolled up like a ball in a Los Angeles ravine in 1977. They thought she was a victim of the Hillside Stranglers. Um, Georgia Wickstead. 27, who was bludgeoned in Mal- her Malibu apartment in oh, 1977, uh, which is super weird because Malibu is so fucking Tony and high end, yeah. and this is that thing of like like that. Um, uh, the sister Ciro's heiress mm-hmm. who he clearly was able to like be in and out of very tony high yeah. end places and with those kind of people yeah you don't break into a like high end
1: Malibu location
0: no you talk your way in like I feel weird at Starbucks in Malibu Like yeah. you just feel like you don't belong totally and they know it um Charlotte Lamb was 31 she was raped and strangled in the laundry room of her El Segundo apartment complex Dude. in 1978 and Jill Parenteau, who who's twenty one, who was killed in her Burbank apartment in nineteen seventy nine. And all of these bodies were found posed in carefully chosen positions. Fuck. Um which I think then they eventually led to understanding that he was posing them and taking pictures of them. Oh my God. Um, and they found another pair of earrings in the Seattle storage locker that matched um Charlotte Lamb's DNA. Mm-hmm. So they're kind of it all starts hooking back mm-hmm. over and over. Uh So, eventually the police find a collection of more than a thousand photographs, and they're mostly of women and teenage boys in sexually explicit poses. In his third trial in 2003, prosecutors enter a motion uh, to join the Samso charges with those of the four newly discovered victims, Mm -hmm. and... um, so his attorneys, of course, try to contest it, like you basically saying, you can you can give uh, benefit of the doubt or whatever, whatever they call it, reasonable doubt mm-hmm. for one, but you can't right. do it with four. Right. Um, but uh, they ruled in the prosecution's favor, and in February of 2010, he stood trial on five joined charges. I can't believe it's so recent. I know, isn't that weird? It seems like it should have been so long ago this happened. Because he was doing it for so fucking yeah. long. But it, I think it was a thing of they had him on one and he was yeah. in jail for one and then suddenly it was that DNA yeah. era that came Thank through and God. it was like all of a sudden. And that's what, that was when all those um, specials come out. Is right. like in those late, in the late 90s where like, they just found this guy. Yeah. A lot of them have that feel to it of like yeah. this guy. Pardon me. Um, he sh... When he was his own lawyer, he showed the jury a portion of his 1978 appearance on the dating game <laughs> in an attempt to prove that the earrings that were found in that Seattle locker were his own and not Samso's. And they end up bringing Jed Mills, bachelor number two, to this trial what the fuck? so that he can say... I would have remembered if a guy was wearing earrings. Yeah. It was 1978. He was not wearing earrings. What the fuck? Yeah, it is that crazy? And then eventually they get Talia, the eight-year-old girl <gasps> that he had raped in the late 60s, oh my God, oh my God. and she comes and testifies um, so that they can keep this guy in jail. Holy shit. Um, in March 2010, the Huntington Beach and New York City Police Departments released one hundred and twenty of his photographs seeking the public's help to identify the people in them in the hope of determining if any of the women and children he photographed were additional victims. Mm-hmm. There are nine hundred additional photo- photos that could not be made public because they were too sexually explicit, so he was like a oh fucking my God hideous kitty porn you know like pornographer, exploitive pig obviously wow um uh, the police reported that approximately 21 women had come forward to identify themselves, um, and six families um, said that they believe they recognized loved ones who had disappeared fuck, years fuck, ago fuck. and were never found. Fuck. They saw their missing loved ones in these photos. But none of the photos were unequivocally connected to a missing person case or an unsolved murder until 2013, when a family member recognized the photo of Christine Thornton, who was 28, whose body was found in Wyoming in 1982. I did not even hear about this. Yeah. And um, as of September 2016, last year, Mm -hmm. 110 of those original photos remain posted online, and the police continue to solicit the public's help with further identifications. Um, Let's all go to them right fucking now. In 2016, he was charged with this 1977 murder of a woman who was identified through one of those photos. Oh my God. And just... Uh, in in closing, which I find fascinating and interesting, his diagnoses when he was um, in court, the psychiatrist diagnosed him as having a narcissistic personality disorder and malignant narcissistic personality disorder with psychopathy and sexual sadism comorbidities. Jesus, comorbidities—that's
1: the fucking trifecta you don't <laughs> you don't want to end up with.
0: You don't want the word comorbidities uh-uh. any. any Anywhere near you. No. Uh, do you want to know what, what it means? It's the presence of one or more additional diseases or disorders co-occurring. Uh,
1: including morbid? It, just sounds, it, including it just sounds worse. Liking dead
0: bodies, maybe? Um now, I think morbid just is like gruesome know, or something. We'll have to ask Guy Branum We will have to ask. I'm sure <laughs> everyone will tell us on Twitter. Uh, that was not the greatest version of trying to tell the Rodney Alcala no, story. No, that,
1: um, that was very detailed. Did I do all right? You did a great timeline, really interesting. I had some personal uh, information to share as well. I liked that. You know what I mean? It actually gets worse than that, and I'll tell you afterwards. But Oh, no. No,
0: I know. Um, yeah, it was a good story uh well i just recommend anybody that's if you are slightly interested take a deep dive because he is uh really horrifying and and kind of like another one of those lesser known but very uh depraved and horrifying yeah. monster people we uh, this was an episode of monster people monster people for people sure from the depths of fucking hell yeah, and Plus the dating game Plus the dating game Plus the Pacific Northwest has always got Ugh. a mix in there somehow You know, it just has to be in there um, it's depressing oh. How about a good
1: thing? How about a good thing? How about it? I did my apartment my new apartment last time it's beautiful thank you I really like it why don't you do oh no no no. I did the jacuzzi cat last time jacuzzi cat and I saw your picture on my Instagram jacuzzi cat is real hardstark is my Instagram and there's a fucking sweet picture of jacuzzi cat who I've seen since Gus, the
0: jacuzzi cat, is (laughs) legit, and he's so chill. Legit and the real deal. He is. I guess I've already bragged now twice at you about my best thing, but my best thing is just it's so fun to work on a job. Right now, it's just fun to to perform again on TV. Um, It's really fun to have... Uh, fake eyelashes on all day long. I love fake eyelashes. Aren't they the best? Oh my god, they make you feel like a queen. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And for me, like, it's just a period of, uh, I just didn't think I was going to be performing anymore. And like, ten years ago, if you would ask me if any of these things would be happening, I'd be like, you're insane. (laughs) I'm stuck in an office building in Burbank and I will never leave here. Um, so I'm very, I feel grateful and like, kind of just excited and I don't know. But no, I'm fi- happy. I feel fingernails, 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 fingernails about it. What's that mean? Oh, fingernails. Like then. kind of fancy and like, oh yeah, maybe I should have a manicure. Like, yeah. maybe I should try. You need to. I've like been in like need- a bit. I've said this a million times, but I've been in a. I've been in a cave for almost a decade. <laughs> and, and look at you coming out of it. Look at me in the- out of the cave. I love it, and it's all because of nails, <laughs> probably.
1: Oh. <laughs> uh, uh, the thing I love is, and I tried about it um is I've been posting political stuff on Instagram and Twitter. And you know how scary it is to do that because you're immediately like refreshing to see people saying mean stuff to you. But yeah. so many people have been saying really nice things yeah. and the ACLU is a fucking an entity that I'm so happy to donate to and to and that are fighting for us. And so I started
0: crying when I saw all the like positive comments from people on my political posts. I just want to read one thing because you- You wrote this tonight, and I retweeted it. Oh, I know. Thank you. because it's beautifully written and it's exactly right with all this stuff that's happening in our country right now which is incredibly scary and I have a lot of friends who like talk about it all the time We're like I don't know what to do this is insane this is insanity this is so scary and you you tweeted this tonight you said we have an amazing opportunity to atone for the atrocities past generations inflicted on those deemed different and undesirable and then you did the hashtag love Trump's hate and it really feels like that's what's happening right now Those people that are fucking taken to the streets who, (sighs) when somebody puts down a Muslim ban in order to say that certain people can't come to this fucking country, people immediately show up in the streets going... No fucking way that's a, and to see it happening, I mean that I sat in the grocery store parking lot mm-hmm. staring at my phone for an hour and crying and going, "Holy all fucking these people shit. At
1: Air, it's so empowering, and like up until like a week ago, I was not looking at articles, I was feeling so beat down, and maybe it 's because my my uh my uh, Lexapro got doubled. I don't know. <laughs> but suddenly I'm feeling really positive like positive and empowered and not scared of reading these articles and like excited to be part of it. And well, not... We've
0: been told for a year that the majority wants this. Yeah. And basically people are showing up in the streets to say... The majority does not want this. No. I am here to say I don't want this. It's an amazing, beautiful thing, and you see it now. The thing that people are tweeting tonight is showing all these people that are protesting at these airports, and they're protesting at airports in the middle of the country. Yeah. People keep tweeting, "Oh, look at these, um, look at these coastal elites yeah. in the middle of Kansas, in the middle of right. uh, you know wherever they were." It was like. The, uh, it was like a joke a couple yeah. different people made the coastal elites joke because it was an airport in Texas it yeah. was an airport in Wyoming well you know what's so great too is that I feel like for years in every
1: administration there's been so many things that should that people are up in arms about and that everyone's like what do we do about this and nobody's protested because it's you don't know what to do. It's not big enough. There's not enough people. There's not this army to protest with. And suddenly it feels like we're not letting these things happen now. And it's, there's definitely things that in the past should have been protested like this and haven't been hundred percent. And now everyone knows there is a way for every single person to get involved. And it's kind of, it's empowering to when everyone's like, I don't know what to do. And it's like, here are five things you can do. Just go online. And there's protests. You can donate money. You can donate time. You can, you know, tweet something, make phone calls, It's it's just there's a lot to do. You can express yourself. Yeah. But
0: it is very. I love the fact that it kind of kicked off with the women's march, mm-hmm. and all of the women's marches being five times bigger than yeah. they all they thought any of them were going to be. But then this these airport protests, watching and it's people I know that are out mm-hmm. there it, watching people show up. By the thousands to say you cannot do this to people is beautiful, yeah. and that's what we have to remember. You, it, it, that's what we have to remember. That's the majority. Yeah, that is truly the majority. Yeah,
1: and maybe again, maybe it's Lexapro, but I'm fucking over my fear and anxiety of protesting. Like I'll be, I'll be out there. Oh, being in a crowd. Yeah, it's hard to be in a crowd. I know, but it's necessary now. Now I realize it's fucking necessary, and I don't care if I get a little overwhelmed by it. It's well it could be beautiful too yeah yeah. yeah. alright let's be there we'll, we'll see you guys there yeah um, uh, thanks for listening go to myfavoritemurder.com if you are so inclined I don't know we're on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook I don't know you <laughs> yeah. li- thanks for listening I mean you don't have to do any of those things we yeah, just that's appreciate right. you listening we really appreciate you listening and please stay sexy and don't get murdered uh, bye bye Elvis you want
0: a cookie? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you want a cookie? Mimi, it's your big chance. Do you want a cookie? Mimi, you want a cookie? (laughs) (laughs) That was Elvis.
1: All right. And Stephen, thank you for uh, being awesome.